All right, we are live. Welcome back, everyone. Episode seven. Hey, hey. We have made it to episode seven. Okay, Um, I gotta say. Hold on, before we say anything, in our our last episode, we were talking about a lot of different topics, but towards the end of the episode, I thought you brought up George Santos. I thought you said Santos, and then after I said all that stuff and I heard it back afterwards, and I was like, oh my God, I need to say something in the next episode because you said DeSantis. So I misheard you, and that's why I said all that stuff about him lying about going to Baruch and being Jewish and all this different stuff. And I was like waiting until this episode. I was like, oh, I'll just make it the next episode. And then like a few people brought it up to me. And I was like, I know, I know, I really need to say something. So I just wanted to say if anyone like, you know, is offended by that or, or anything like that, I'm really sorry. It was an honest mistake. I misheard Akiva. And um, yeah, so I was talking about we'll George consider Santos. forgiving you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I'm not canceled <laughs> already. We didn't even go anywhere yet. And I'd already right. be getting canceled. Exactly. Don't need that happening. So how have things been going with you? The things been have been going. Crazy. Things have been going. Um, I feel like uh, you know, 2023 is going to be an interesting year. I feel like the last couple of years, like after 2020, everyone was looking forward to like the next year, and it kind of just didn't get so much better, and things have got have kind of gotten crazy. Especially since like there's still a war going on in Ukraine, and that's not going away anytime soon. Um, no. And uh, you know, I was just listening to. Um, this guy, I think he's a geopoliticist on Joe Rogan, and he was saying how Russia's never given up or backed out until they've lost at least 500,000 men. They've only lost 100,000 at this point, and it's just going to get worse. They're going to keep pushing and trying to get through until they're going to keep throwing bodies at this problem. Um, that's their only solution. They've never been – Russia's never been particularly advanced. They, they're just big, and they just they – have, they have numbers, so they'll just keep throwing, you know, not – not properly trained and with improper weapons, they'll just keep throwing these these guys um, into these cities. And we have no idea how many civilians have been killed. We have a rough estimate nope. of soldiers, but no idea how many civilians. They're saying it could be half a million already. Yeah. They were literally... It's wild. With, could, because he was, he was explaining how Russia is huge, but they have no... Logistically, they have a really poor system and everything is transported by rail. And then they have it... taken by trucks to their soldiers and to their bases in Ukraine on the war front. So the first thing that Ukraine did was attack all those trucks. They took out like 2,500 of them. So they had no supplies, anything, weapons. And it got to the point where Russia was literally taking buses and like those Scooby-Doo Volkswagen vans from like the public and using, could you imagine stuffing one of those with, with a ton of weapons and bombs and IEDs and God knows what, and then driving it around. So like they're, they're really just scrambling. And Putin's a lunatic, so. That's the whole thing is also, it's like, except from what he's doing is completely horrendous and incomprehensible. Um, he, the whole, I mean, I can't say the whole world, but the majority of the really big countries, including the United States of America, have condemned him for what he's doing, are sticking on Ukraine's side. He lost so many ties with businesses that have pulled out of Russia. Um and he's not backing down. And now he's also killed coming- off everyone who opposes him in the entire everybody, government. everybody. And it's like it's this is almost onto a year, and it's really concerning. And it's like, what's going to go on from here? Could this end up leading to another world war? Like I remember, like when I always heard about like the Holocaust and everything, and I would always be like, where was the rest of the world? Like, what took everyone so long to come in and do something? I always wondered that. And then when this whole war started in Ukraine, it's like, 
where is everybody? Right. Like, and the concern is, like, you know, the United States is giving, you know, aid to Ukraine and everything, and they're helping out. The problem is, is, like, I feel like everyone's a little nervous because if they intervene too much, then that will start a world war. So right. it's this really weird thing. So I remember always thinking that, like, where was the world? And now it's, like, where is the world? Like, I feel like we're 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 definitely headed towards a world war. I don't know how this is going to end. I feel like with, this guy said within the next by like May time we should have an idea of wh- which side this war seems to be favoring more. Because um, at that point, tons of Ukrainian troops are being trained by NATO, by NATO now. They're getting new supplies. We're sending them stuff. Um, I mean, we're also billing them for everything. Every time they use a missile, are we? every time they use a launcher. No way. Yeah, they owe the United States money, every single one. It's like a line I of credit. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, so this oh, yeah. is not... So how is that considered aid? That's called a loan, not aid. Does I mean, the bank get, give you aid? Like It is hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. I'm assuming in the billions, but I don't know. It could be just in the hundreds of millions, but I'm almost positive it's just being sent on loan and they're going to have to pay it back. Right. Well, if GoFundMe campaigns could raise a lot of money for some people, how is it that the <laughs> governments across the world can't combine forces to help the situation tremendously like what so then after all of this hopefully to end soon they're just going to be in a shit ton of debt like but i'm sure no i'm sure europe is more afraid because all the countries around that area are probably thinking we're next if they make it through and if they take over ukraine and they make it to, to it's, it's it's a ground war right now and if they make it to the other side of ukraine and they take over they're going to keep going it's not like they're going to stop well i mean i don't know I don't know. I mean, Russia and Ukraine have always had like kind of like a cold war going on. Um, and it just really came to head and everything. And, but it's hard to like, I mean, it's hard to imagine that he's just going to push on through and keep going, you know, like, uh, so the way that this guy explained, explained it was that Russia needs, they, they don't have, they don't have secure borders at all. They're surrounded by tons of land and they consider a lot of their bordering countries enemies. And so the goal would be to extend until you reach like an ocean or a desert where, where you have border security and that won't happen until they, they go, they'll eventually will have to go through all the stands, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, through Poland, Georgia, um, a lot of different countries. But that's when Czech I Republic. feel like, that's when I feel like if that ends up being the case where he is going to move forward, I feel like that's when it's going to lead to a world war because right there has to be intervention at that point. hundred percent. Like there, you can't keep just, you know, but I think, I th- but you know what? I think Putin's also he's 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 not stupid in a certain sense. In that <laughs> America, stupid. like he knows that we know exactly where he is. We could take him out at any single time if we drop but a bomb. We could serious. drop a bomb, a bomb literally on him, not necessarily on Russia. Yeah, like, we know exactly where he is. We're listening into all these conversations. We you know we have great intelligence. So I don't think he's not. I don't think it's going to go to like he's going to drop a bomb, especially if you want to take over a country. You're not going to nuke the country and then have this radioactive uh, land that you are supposed to try to settle or whatever it is afterwards. But it's terrible for, for all the families and all the civilians there just being under, and it's not even really in the news that much anymore. And there's just tons of people. It's like they moved living, on because they have like these stories like that. Right. every day without power or water in some areas. Like it's, it's so scary. And like, they have no idea when it's going to end. And it's already it's a very poor end. country already. Exactly. So that's why when you said that about like the, how we, you know everything's like you know they're they're going to have to pay back the United States it's like from what money right. they're literally they barely had any money now they're going to have to rebuild so many cities I need to ch- I need and, to like, I need to fact check that because I'm not totally 
Fact yeah. that. Check that. Well, then we might have a second apology in this episode. It won't just be me. Oh, that's my dog, Milo. Yeah, fact check that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not totally facts. sure. I have to look into it. I mean, there's been mm. there's been the 13.6 billion in March, in May, 40 billion, September, 13.7 billion. Yeah, but there were three eight packages that were 68 billion dollars. Um, this says how long will it take to spend it? Mm. I can't even comprehend the rest of the world doing 68 billion dollars. Well, all these weapons are so every time you send a missile, like with the Iron Dome in Israel, you know, how much is it? Uh, one of those I think it's missiles, like 75,000 um, every single inter the technology like, in these interception, is, like what, like what, what we were just speaking about before, like with PCs and computers, like you have these small chips that are so advanced. They're thousands Crazy. of dollars, like an AMD Threadripper computer chip. CPU is literally this big, and it's like four and a half grand. Tiny. Know? But but that's the thing. It's like nowadays, like they're able to condense such incredible technology into such small form factors that it's it's so crazy to right. even see. Like when you look at like, you know, like microchips or like, um, like just everything they're able to combine onto one chip in its small little form factor is just, it's mind boggling. It's incredible. Like Absolutely technology crazy. has come such a far away. Like I remember when we were younger and we still had like those like desktop computers that were like really big in the back and everything. And and like in school, the teachers used to always be like, oh, yeah, I know. These are so small. They're like, when we were young. It took up like a whole room. Like, you right. know, they were huge. And it's like, and now we just have like these little like, you know, iPhones, Androids, whatever it is. And like, you literally have the whole world at your fingertips. Yeah. I literally send money across the world, FaceTime someone across the world. Like, you can literally do everything on once, do my work on it, take photos, take video, like do whatever I want. Like, it's like not even normal. Like... If someone would have told us we would have had this technology 20 years ago, we would have been like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's, I was, I've been doing a little bit of reading on, um, on, on Nikola Tesla recently. Mm. And for some reason, I'm not really sure why we're not taught a lot about him in school. Um, right. It's but, true. I mean, uh, at least for the, for the experience that I've in had, the early yeah. 1900s, he spoke about, um, he spoke about communication in that he believed that in the future, we'd be able to communicate with people around the world on a device that's small enough we could stick in our vest pocket. I mean, this is in the early 1900s. Um, and people probably thought he was stuff, crazy. He, was, he ended up dying alone in a, in a department in New York with no money, um, oh, wow. just feeding pigeons. He was super old. He was like male, he was, he was like surviving on like crackers and like, but he had, crack. he, he had so many advancements. It's interesting. He looked at, it seems, According to, to some, that he viewed the pyramid, the pyramids of Egypt, as power generators, as water power, power generators, because there's no, he's, there's no. I don't think. I'm not saying this is for sure true. Obviously, the pyramids, according to many, are tombs. I don't think there haven't really mm -hmm. been many remains found inside the pyramids themselves. There have been tools for burials and mummifications, I think. But the idea was may, 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 maybe some parts of the pyramid were used as generators. And in fact, the word pyramid is the Latin for pyramid, which means uh, a fire in the middle. And the idea and inside of the king's chamber, there's a, there's a granite like tomb with the side, looks like it was blasted out. And, and the idea was maybe the thing that caused that explosion was 
something that they were trying to do with power. Obviously, well, they say the ancient Egyptians were super advanced. Right. That's what we were talking like, about a couple episodes ago. But again, it's not obviously. It's very not mainstream. That's much more like on the fringe of uh, of what archaeologists, you know. I know, but at the same time, it's like they only know as much as they know. It's not like nowadays, we're like in the way, way future. We have all this, you know, digital videos and photos and stuff like that. They're able to know a lot more things are recorded. Like, they're able to, like, know what's going on. Like, you know, there is a lot of science. There are a lot of, you know, artifacts and, you know, fossils and all this stuff. And the technology to, you know, determine how old they are. Um, It's cool. It's amazing. And we've learned a lot. But at the end of the day we're only going to know so much and the rest of it, the rest of it is pure speculation or theories um, based off of something, but there, we can't say a lot of things concretely because we're right. I mean, science to. is all based on observation and it's interesting that like, you know, I feel like the more we observe and the more we learn, the more we realize how much we don't know and how much, how much depth there is to everything around us and how even our own world us. The ocean is like the majority of, of the, of earth, like 95%. Right. So it's right. like, and we don't even, you know, we're already exploring space. It's like, we don't even know most of this world. So that's why, that's why Tesla was also exploring a lot of these ideas. Like he was the first one to really achieve wireless. He was the first one to, to achieve wireless communication, utilizing radio signals. And like that at the time, I remember he, I remember I watched something. He did a demonstration. I think it was in New York. I'm not totally sure. Um, he just, he demonstrated, uh, a remote controlled boat that he had built. It was just like a plastic box with a, with a, with a contraption inside. Mm-hmm. And there had never been anything like that. And people literally thought either it was, it was magic. They were freaking out or they thought he had trained a monkey and put it inside and it was controlling the boat because they couldn't. Why can't it be both? They could have a monkey. You have a person standing over there and he's somehow controlling something over here through what? Through invisible signals in the air. And at that, and now it's normal to us. And we're like, yeah, of course. Totally that's normal, crazy. right? Right. Airplanes even. Like, we're always taking airplanes here than everywhere. Like, I literally moved from the United States of America to Israel. And it's like, we literally just go up in this tube in the air and fly across the world. And that's, like, totally normal. And it's, like, right. it's pretty freaking cool. We're literally, like, we're just, like, going in these tubes, flying places, like, in such <laughs> short amounts of times. And it's, like, normal. I feel like, you know, remember the um, movie Xenon Girl of the 21st Century on Disney Channel? Please tell me you do. That it sounds so familiar. Really I definitely remember it. it. I don't remember. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. I definitely remember you singing that. I don't know. Well, I don't obviously. Know if I, it from I mean, Z- I was always I, performing I somewhere. Z- yeah, Zetus Lapidus, she used to always say. Like, I'm like, like, what does that even mean? As an adult, like, Zetus Lapidus? It sounds like something to do with a penis, but I'm assuming not. Disney Channel, but hey, I don't know. I don't think Dan Schneider worked for Disney Channel. I can't imagine it was oh, that. Dear Lord, Dan. But, um, yeah, no, Xenon, A Girl of the 21st Century, Raven Simone was in the first movie. And um, the girl who played Xenon, I'm totally blanking on her name. I feel like it was, like, like Kristen, Kristen something. Xenon. And, um, yeah. And I, then she ends up being, I think, on, like, Days of Our Lives. I remember, like, sitting in the kitchen and mom was watching, like, some soap opera. And um, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Xenon. Mom's like, who? <laughs> I'm like, no, she played Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Uh, it was a great movie. And, um, yeah, that was my childhood. Loved that. <laughs> you see, it's so sad. I feel like all of those shows, like, back in the day, like, Lizzie McGuire, That's So Raven, even, like, yeah, later on, like, like, with Hannah anymore. Montana. 
they have nothing like that. But also, like, kids aren't consuming con- – like, Disney Channel already had its golden age. Nickelodeon had its golden age. Like, right. we're, like kids are consuming things online in very short bits, not like TV shows. So I feel like they're not even getting, getting it nearly like the viewership they used to get in the past. But, like, those were just so much better days. And I know everyone always says that. Even when we were younger, the older generations would be like, oh, it was so much easier and better when we were younger. And it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, get back with modern times. But, like, it really is so true nowadays. Like, nowadays, it's a totally different thing. It's one thing, you know, you had to only listen to the radio. And then we ended up getting, like, a television with cable. And it was like, oh, my right. God, you consume so much more. Now it's like you literally could just be walking down the street, consuming TikToks all day. Someone else is on Instagram. You're here, there, and everywhere. It's not just about how much content you consume. It's how many, how much content, how many platforms. There's so many creators and influencers and all this thing. There's such an exorbitant, 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 exorbitant talk today. Thank you. Exorbitant amount of content for us to consume. Jeez, it's very late here. Um, that it's just a totally different world. Like I, like, you know, when we were kids, it's like, if something was on, I remember even like on Disney channel, you know, catch Xena girl 21st century at nine, eight right. central. You had to watch it at nine, eight central when DVR came out where you were able to like record it at that time. And that was like, so cool. cool. Now it's like, everything's on demand. Like I remember, um, like when mom, um, when dad got his car, he had like the TV screens, like the back of the seats. And yeah, he was like, Oh, I want to watch, uh, some like get Yogi have a Gabba or something. And, Dad's like, oh, we don't have that. She's like, just put it on demand. <laughs> and I burst out laughing. I'm like, could you imagine that? I was like, it just put it on demand as if like we even knew what that was. But like, they were like, they, it was like, what do you mean you don't have it? Just go on demand. Because you could just watch whatever you want, when you want, how you want. And it's like, it's very cool. It's amazing. But like, everything is just so, it's just, there's there's just so much of everything that it's overwhelming almost. Like, yep. it's, it's just so much. It, it, it's it's just like, you know, it's it's a little, and for someone who already stresses with anxiety and like, you know, feeling overwhelmed and indecisiveness, it's like, oh, geez. Like, this is like, like you know, on steroids. It's like, exactly. wow, like take the wheel, somebody. You know, yeah, Jesus. we're definitely, we're, I, you know, I always say this is like the generation of, of instant gratification, immediate gratification. You want to have But things. how is it going to get better? How is, like... Well, Where I think is there this is, going? I think there is, it's interesting because obviously this younger generation has found a lot of success in careers and in, in, in social media and in, in content creating, and they've kind of capitalized on this instant watch now, the newest video uh, society that we're in and it works and they keep feeding that and they're feeding us constant content and it keeps us going, keeps all these kids going. It keeps yeah, them and, then, and then that's how they hook you into joining their OnlyFans account. Right. <laughs> Or whatever it is, because they connected. all make it's money in every area. Then you get the merch. Then right. you go to one of their events. Then you go to a meet and greet. Like yep. so, but that's the thing is the ones who are smart about it. Like even with people who are on reality television, like you know, they if they have a good team, they're going to try to come out with a product of their own or something of their own because there's no longevity in that. There's going to be a burnout time or when you've reached your peak and it's not like a career where you could move on to the next step or something like that. You need to figure out your strategy. So if I'm, I'm sure they do. Team, I feel like a lot of these creators, you know, let's say but, oh, some of them don't, but a lot of the big ones, you know, they're streaming on a daily basis. They have to have full management teams. They have to have people editing all their videos and they sit there and they play a game for 10, 12 hours a day. And which is, is taxing. It, 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 it but is it's, physically taxing, but it's not sustainable. And then they have to worry about that whole team and their whole management. Why? Why isn't that, that sustainable? 
because there's only so much you're going to go. Just like, you know, when we had, when we were kids, there's certain, you know, people in Hollywood or people on television or actors or, you know, anything that you aspired to, or you thought like they were cool or like you related to them. And it's like in this generation, they're not aspiring to those people. They're aspiring to people to this generation. So the people who are playing these video games and stuff like that, first of all, in their own way, they can get to a point where they might not want to do that anymore, where it's like, they've been doing this for so long. There's so much pressure to it because now it is a job. They have all these people who are constantly eyeing them literally frame by frame, dissecting their every move and everything. Yeah. It's not a, that it doesn't even become fun anymore. It's literally work and stressful that you have all those people when you're doing it live specifically, then you have everyone criticizing you. And, um, and, but when they move on to the next person or when they move on to someone who's playing the next game, it's, that's the thing. It's how are you going to keep up with the next generation? That's a huge thing. And even with like, you know, designer brands with clothing and stuff like Versace and Gucci really stepped up their game, like, you know, getting with Gen Z and everything and being with TikTok influencers and all this stuff, because they know in order to, to continue being a successful brand, they need to become relevant with that generation. If that's who they're going to want to be their consumers at some point, they're going to have to be doing what they're doing. And you're yeah, going to have once to... You create a, I don't know. Once you create a name for yourself in that scene, like I know like on Twitch, but a lot of people live stream ga- gaming. Once you become a name in a certain game or category or whatever it is, a lot of these people have been streaming for five to, to almost 10 years already. And they have a solid audience of, let's say, 1,000 or 500 to 2,000 people. Some people have almost 100,000 people watching them every single day, which is larger than most pe- than most people's, most artists' concerts. Hundreds right, of but people. you also have actors who are literally in so many movies, they're everywhere, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so? Who, but who, but, the, but a lot of them, obviously, they find, they find some sort of sustainability, but, but there's obviously always going to be p- people who don't make it, but the ones who make it, I mean, they have sustainability in that industry. I don't think the industry is going away. But things are always changing, and especially in gaming. Gaming always has, like, if you look at the history of gaming and its popularity <clears throat> in society, it is it has very big ups and downs. Oh, 100%. And so but so that's the thing. So when it does go into a slump and people move on to something else, those people aren't going to be like, when they get back into gaming, they're going to be like, oh, my God, so-and-so. They're going to watch someone new, someone on Twitch who's now better than that person was. You're always going to have that. In the Olympics, there's always people who are the best. And then you have the newer people who are now the best. Right. I mean, I'll tell you this. In history, but that's not sustainable in terms of finances. Like, you might be a legend. There's so many celebrities and artists, like, who were big. And are So with a lot of these streamers, a lot of these streamers, once you have a base, you know, you'll get get sponsorships or, like, the teams that have, like, you know, eSport organizations you know, that have actual teams, they get paid like like an athlete, a monthly stipend, like a salary, just to play to, to play for them. And then on their own, they could stream or whatever it is or sell their, sell their merchandise that, like, or whatever it is. Like talking about like the anxiety thing, like if you're working for a company like that, they'll pay you great. You'll make bank. They'll sell you up here, there and everywhere. But if you're not stepping up your game constantly and you're not meeting the really high expectations they have for you, so you already have all that pressure on you, like you're done. They'll find someone new who's even better. So like, it's just but no, not so necessarily. It's not like, that's not how, that's not how the NBA works. It's not like if you make it to the NBA, they're not going to find someone better because you've made it to the NBA. But it's not the NBA. That's the it thing. is for it's gamers. Not, it is 
for a lot of these people, they're the 0.01% of elite gamers. And they also happen to be entertaining. Some of them are not, and they're just really good gamers. And some of them are really good. And they're also, they interact. And I guess, you know, it's entertaining for people to watch. So that obviously there's much more, there's much, there's something there. Okay, so then maybe I'm just not as familiar the, as you are. I know you're a much bigger gamer than I am. No, but also in terms, but also I feel like with technology, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you know, mm. I think the first game was like Pong, those two walls that move up and down with the ball. And look at where games are now with virtual reality. In 20, 30 years, it's going to be like that movie Surrogate with Bruce Willis. You're going to be living through another person's body, literally feel like a physical person controlling them like an animatronic person just walking around cheesing away doing what doing what they have to do it's basically what the metaverse is now yeah except with no legs and horrible weed graphics right that skip that scares me a little bit forget that have you heard about like chat gpt which is like viral now and all that stuff the kind of stuff that it could literally produce and obviously you know it's not 100 percent all the stuff but like the, like my my coworker Lauren like had to write a whole presidential speech at, for an inauguration. It was not normal. Like it's not normal, and like there's so many of these image AI systems where you literally put in a prompt and it will make you a photo in a freaking second, and it's like deep fakes and all this stuff. It's like nothing is real anymore. We used deep to be like oh, scary, scary as heck, and it's only improving. And that's it the is thing crazy. is like with our, with our, like all the things we use with facial recognition are only helping the software more and more. So it's only going to get better. And it's just, it's scary that, you know, it used to be like, you know, with court cases, you know, when you have, you can't refute photos, you can't refute, you know, video evidence. Now it's like, oh my gosh, like I, there was a show on Peacock called The Capture, which was an excellent show actually. And it had to do with deep fakes and this guy who was arrested on trial for this like murder and they have him on video and everything. And it's this whole long show. And obviously I don't want to spoil it, but it's just, it's really scary because it's something that we could be facing very soon. Like, and the technology has just gotten so much better over the last few years. And it's, it's just mind boggling what they're able to do, even with like Hollywood and stuff, like everything is so CGI and everything. So you won't even have to go into the studio. You can just do everything from home on right. a screen or something. Like it's, it's just like, it's, it, it, but it also like loses some of like the, like if you look with Hollywood too, like CGI is incredible. Like the, what we're able to achieve is amazing, but you just like, there's something about creating amazing sets and props and, you know, extravagant explosions and everything like real stuff like and to be creative to come up with stuff that could really look incredible on camera without having to use that stuff it's like we're it's kind of like a crutch that we've relied on too much kind of like auto tune in the music industry like there's people who are very talented but i feel like back in the days they used to put a lot more emphasis on vocal lessons and vocal warm-ups and taking your vocals and all this stuff and i'm sure there's still people like that obviously but i feel like for the more mainstream artists it's like you know Oh, if that note wasn't good, we'll just auto tune it. Oh, if you like, you know, it used to be it's more about it, it's more about entertainment and listenability than it is necessarily the actual person's singing abilities. Right, right. Are they good they, entertainers? They can make it sound good. That's not the problem. It's, right, right. It's the face of it, and it's like they're 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 puppets almost. And it's like, but like that's the thing is, we're just we're. It's like everyone used to always say robots aren't. You know, they're going to replace us. It's like. 
they're not going to replace us. Like we're literally giving them us like right. <laughs> we're, they're not taking over us or like, you know, we're literally handing over the reins and then being like, Oh, how is this happening? It's like, we, cause we're so freaking reliant on it that we're going to lose our own reliancy with mankind. And that's right. an issue. That's why it's I think concerning. we're going to see major changes in the world in the next that de- the next like decade, because COVID oh, totally made everyone realize, especially us Wait, here. Who what did, what did you so say? COVID? What's COVID? COVID? <laughs> COVID made us realize those in America for sure who rely so much on technology and are obsessed with it, that we can't rely on other countries as much because if things like this happen, where we get cut off from this supply chain or there's some sort of hiccup in the supply chain, there's massive shortages. Cars. I mean, we our car was totaled. We had to buy a new car. The prices were absurd. Yeah, absurd. Because ship shortage. Ships anywhere. They had tons of parking lots filled with brand new cars yeah. that were just awaiting chips. And the thing is, is like they literally there were, there were so many you know manufacturers of chips that cut back so much, thinking yep. we weren't going to need all that. And it turns out they were a hell of wrong, and we needed a lot of it. And then it was like, oh no, um. It's very crazy. It's like insane. It's, it's still we're just it's so still, reliant, right? Right, and and now we're going to like this recession. They're they're talking about when we're three years into this whole pandemic thing. So like the repercussions of it and everything are, are really also just beginning. Yeah, and I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in terms of long term sustainability and how we we produce our own things, whether it's energy or technology or things like that. We need to do more here um because also china is not gonna is, we're not gonna that relationship is not gonna last forever and um, yeah we're so i'm not we i don't live in america anymore but america is so reliant on china for yeah, so but they're many also things. reliant they're also super reliant on us and they but need we're us. in so much debt to them so much debt to them so yeah they really not gonna last much, i don't think china's gonna last much longer as it is oh yeah oh yeah well they're huge ass country they're, with they're, so much they're, control. they're extremely underpopulated extremely underpopulated um ever since the even since the one child policy was uh was abolished they're extremely underpopulated are they they're the number one importers they're number one importers of um of food inputs so like things that you need to, to produce other foods like pesticides or things like that that you would use for agriculture. The air quality is terrible. The rate of diabetes there has shot up like crazy. I mean, it's just an unhealthy place led by a paranoid guy who has who will literally shoot you if you tell him something he doesn't want to hear. You know, Xi is completely out of his mind. So like they're not you can't a country can only last so long like that. With What is it so, like all these crazy dictators in all these other countries like Putin and Xi? And like, like, it, 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 like it's crazy. And um, uh, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> it's just a it's power, and but you know what? I feel like this is how. It's interesting because I don't know, like, if you could, if there's like a definitive time when it sort of switched. But obviously, for all of human history, you would. A lot of these empires were just constantly trying to expand and conquer and take over land and and just get into wars and who's bigger, who's stronger. It's a power. It's a power game. They want power. You know, that's why I always power. think, like with America, like we're you know we're the power country and like all this stuff and everything. But it's like you look back in history, you had the British Empire, you had the Egyptian Empire, the Greek Empire, all these empires, the Roman Empire. Like America is a strong country and everything, but who says that is going to last? In those days, I'm sure they thought that was going to last. Right. So why do we think that America's a power country? That's it. 
it is it, not. And honestly, at least from my perspective and speaking to people here in a different country, like I remember when I was first moving to Israel, people were like, why? I was like, I don't know. Like, I just had this feeling like America wasn't going in a good direction. It was before even Trump like was announcing a, pres a presidency. It was like before any of that. And um, I remember when I first moved to Israel, like so many Israelis were like, where'd you move from? Like New York. They're like, you moved here from New York. Why would you move here? They all thought I was crazy. Then when no, he started in the fan America. Exactly, right. They, especially New York. They're like, oh my God, they think I like live in the Saxon city. It's like as if we all live in these gorgeous apartments with our driver and our Louboutins <laughs> and we're just like skipping down the street and everything's all fabulous. And it's like, right. you know, I literally, like I'm taking the subway, going to work, doing regular life. Most people are now living like bajillionaires. Uh, right. Not reality. Um, so, and then when everything started happening in America and Trump became president, all the outrage and, you know, the issue, like everything that happened with like the cops and, you know, and then they had to have the Black Lives Matter movement because of all the racism going on and everything. And it's like, everything was just going to shit. And it's like, and then everyone here was like, okay, I get it now. Like, I totally right. get it. And it's like, and then I, I remember I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, like we did have all these other empires in history. Who says America's here for the long run? Forgot. Like, that's just the assumption for now, but it doesn't really mean anything. And um, and I just feel like our stances are, have just seemed very weak. Um, and they're just putting us in a very interesting situation. I, I keep saying we as if I live there anymore. But we just had our fifth election here in the past two and a half years. So, But right. I would still live here way before there, and I'm much happier with the government here. Right. I mean, yeah, nothing lasts forever. Every empire has fallen eventually. I wonder where America's going to go. There's going to have to be some sort of reshaping something because there's so much division. And now a lot of these other countries are like, you know, you touted being the best for so long and you got a lot of family problems going on. You know, our whole country is just like, and one that's big the thing is with, with technology, they're able to keep up with it all. Yep. It's not like you're waiting for a newspaper or information or something's going to be telegrammed over. Like you are getting it in real time. Oh yeah. So it's literally everything has eyes on America. Everyone has eyes in America, and right. it's you know it's it's going to be interesting to see even with this next election coming up. What the hell is going to happen? Like, right. I wonder if Biden's really going to even Biden now with all these term. like documents and everything. I mean, hopefully he makes another term. I mean, like literally, but like it's crazy. Like this whole document situation that's been going on. Um, it's very interesting, especially from my perspective, because obviously hated Trump. I am not a Republican. I'm not into any of that. Um, and when all this stuff is coming up, the documentation, even before the Mar-a-Lago invasion and all, all this other stuff, like, you know, I'm like kind of like a middle-aged woman. So I'm like always watching The View and stuff like that. And um, although I do have to admit that I did love Meghan McCain, even though most people don't, I really liked her. There are obviously many things I did agree with her on, but there were many things that I feel like she was the only one who would actually say something. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because a lot of people don't like her, especially people who are more leftist liberal. And I was like, I loved her, um, especially when it came to Israel, because she was the only one who would actually stick up and see what's actually happening here. Um, like I watched the view and it's like they rip Trump apart galore, especially like Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar, like even Joy Behar now, they're going to be talking about these brand new heels that are all the rage and Joy Behar be like, oh. Well, I'm sure if Trump had an affair with a woman, it was in, like somehow, like <laughs> right. something like completely random. The guy's not the right. president anymore. Not a, like right. none of the topics are about him. And like out of thin air, pulling it back. He's so, living in their head rent free. Yeah. Literally. It's like, oh, don't yeah. even give him that power. Because like, <laughs> you know, it's like if he's really right. so bad to you, like, why are you so like, it's like, you know, if you don't like someone, or you're not, you're, you're, sorry, if you don't care about someone that much or people are like, whatever, I don't care. If you didn't care, then you wouldn't have emotional energy invested in it. You wouldn't have that anger or anything like that because that's right. caring. 
That's why you're angry. Um, I don't understand that, but like they ripped him apart. Oh, he should needs to go to jail. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And the stuff of the Joe Biden documents, I don't know what the documents are that were found and everything, just like I didn't know with Trump and everything. But it's interesting to see how things are done and how, you know, with Trump, it was just, oh my God, send him to jail. He was horrible. And there were so many things that he was horrible for and probably should be in jail for. But like with this, it was like, we don't know what they were. And now with this, why are we not holding him to the same uh, pedestal or same bar that yeah. we held Trump to? And, yeah. not, and, and not that called, I don't like Biden. Called- the uh, Republicans, now that we have control of the House and, and we're probing more into this, not we, I, I don't know why I said we, um, the Republicans are probing more into You've this. taking over the House. I'm generally, I'm generally, I guess I would be considered, I would be considered a, a Republican. A but pub. They, they've been called a pub. They've been called hypocrites now because they're probing in, into Biden because they were freaking out when the Democrats were probing into Trump. And if it was the reverse kind of situation, it would be right. the Right, That's it was. The thing. I'm saying it was that situation. That's why when people... Like, ask me what I am. I hate in America. You have, you have to pick a side. Pick a side. If right. You, like, and it also, like, if you support gay rights, can't be a Republican. You have to be, like, it's just, like, this weird-ass thing. And it's, like, what the hell are, is, like, all yeah, that? I'm, like, a de- I'm like a Democraticlin or, like, a Republican. I'm, I'm a conservative a, a liberal. Conservative liberal. Yeah. I'm my own thing. I I see things for what they are. I believe in truths. I don't need to just pick a side because it's the side you're supposed to be on. I look into everything and the facts and i think that's really important and i and i think there is a really big sentiment in being a liberal and being open-minded and being more open and not you know choosing other people's decisions based on your religious beliefs and everything like that there's so many important factors in it but you also can't lose sight of a lot of the other issues that like for example like with israel like you can't just be like oh my god the occupied territories oh my god these like you don't know the situation like, right. why don't you feel bad for the Israelis who literally have to be defended all day long from being murdered? Like, should we just, like, give up our right. army? Because and, according uh, to them, they're, we just they're not. They're, like, they're the oppressors that are doing the attacking. You know? Right. We're li- literally defending ourselves. So are we just supposed to, like, if someone, like, was starting up with you in the alleyway with a knife, are you just going to stand there and just, like, stand straight right. and just let them stab you to death? Everyone because says if it happened, you, if it happened to America or any other country, that some neighboring town, city, or state, whatever country, whatever it was, sent even one missile into the United States. If Me- Mexico started launching bombs, you don't think America would carpet bomb them in three in minutes? A second before the missile even landed anywhere. Right. Else. Like it's ridiculous. Well, I hope they get the tequila out though before they do that. But it would right. be bad. <laughs> That's why it is oh interesting God. when like. When when America criticizes other countries for the way that they run their countries, when like it's not like America is the best. Um, not that long ago, we wouldn't let black people into the same bathrooms or drink from the same fountains as us. Literally. And all of a sudden, we're like these right. We're, we're like so these open. meritorious. We're so open. Exactly. We're like these perf- like this perfect nation that has to tell everyone else what they're doing wrong. Like when Trump won, and everyone's like, <gasps> "We're going backwards." Right. I took it as, "Oh my God!" Like. Clearly, we didn't make as much progress as we thought. And that's the thing is people don't realize it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't right. that long ago. And it's like you they couldn't use the same toilets. Like you said, the same water fountain. Like, and that's and this is American. All of a sudden, we're just like so open, so amazing. Right. Everything's great. Yeah, there's school shootings every day. Everyone hates each other. Republicans and Democrats are so divided and hate each other. There's no bipartisan anything. It's like, it's such a divided country, yet they claim they're so woke and liberal and this and that. It's like, but the, clearly nothing is adding up. 
like this is the thing I always say, like there's something not adding up. I'm no mathematician, bitch, but like do the calculations. Right. And I, and on that same note, and I'll say this, I don't want it to sound controversial, but like when, when the world cup is held, um, where was it in Qatar? Mm-hmm. So obviously a lot of people were, were freaking out about, about, you know, their laws and their policies and, and it's a terrible c- country. And regardless of how you feel, obviously a lot of their things I don't, I don't agree with. I think it's, it is bad, but to come from a country like there. that, to come to, to go to a different country where you don't belong or you don't live and to tell them how they should run their country because you think that your country has the moral high ground, um, I think is ridiculous. And that obviously I don't think gay, gay people should be imprisoned like they do or a lot of these countries. That's insanity. But at the same time, to come out of our country, pretend like we have this moral high ground and tell a country exactly how to run their nation, how to run their nation or what they should do or what they should allow or they should well, or they should that, let more people into these stadiums. I don't know. Yes, but it's the World Cup. It's the world. You're taking on other countries coming into your country. You're right. Your house. Your it's your house. Right. But, but it's not. It's your – meaning they could move it somewhere else. It's like you're having the privilege of hosting, but it. no. For well, I, I don't think. I think the fa- I think there was a little bit of something going on there. I think there was some connection between like the FIFA, uh, one of the FIFA executives, and FIFA someone scandals. in Qatar. That's why it ended up happening there. I don't think it was. Um, but again, like I said, I want to make it clear. I think a lot of those policies, and not all of them, are insane and terrible, and obviously should be changed. But we're not going to change another country's policies by telling them how bad they are. Then we shouldn't have it That's there. what I'm trying to say. No, but, but we shouldn't have it there then, because it is giving no, them No, I agree a thousand percent. It should not have I It's know like when we had the Olympics in Sochi in Russia, and it's like, right. why are we doing these places? Like, yeah. like where they're so anti-people. And it's like, but that's the thing is, so then why are we having these places? That's really what it is. Why? why did there we are, there are people in China st- that are still in prison in camps. The Uyghurs I believe they're Muslim. Been, they're like, there are literal concentration camps there. You don't see you don't see that on the news. All the genocide that's going down on in Africa for years. Yeah, it's so interesting. That's on the how, news, right? It's very interesting how, like, we try to we try to be moral at the same time. We're like picking and choosing the best stories that would look the best or keep people entertained. And it's like you're trying to. It's kind of like doing. It's, it almost reminds me of these internet videos of people like doing good deeds. And at the same time, like you're doing, like you're giving money to to homeless while being recorded, doing it to get views, right? right. So, you know, getting does recorded, it take away? making sure everything's right, cutting it, uploading it, right? So, with a is caption, there still value? Music. Is there still value to the action itself, even if the intention is holy or somewhat? Uh, I think there's value to the action because you still did something, but it's definitely tainted. You, it just, it's not the same thing because you allowed your ego to overshadow the good deed. Right. Meaning it wasn't what you did for that person. It's supposed to be a selfless act. Like one of the things I always appreciate about our father is the fact that he was very into charity, always. Right. Always into charity, always made that suit important to me. It's something that always resonates with me because of him and something I always give him props to, but he would never, he never liked putting his names on things, never wanted, you know, the Joe, Jonah Breck winger, like, you know, building, like, Right. doesn't do that stuff. Like he, and and it's not that, and he would never go to me and be like, oh, did you notice that? I gave them money, but I didn't tell them to put my name on it because I'm amazing. Like I, most of the time, I didn't even know the stuff he was doing. It was usually 
me overhearing him or being in his office and seeing him and being like, whoa, he never had to make it a big thing. Or doing he his quick pay. It. Right. He didn't, he never, no, Quick's books, okay. Quick his, Pay is uh, the chase. Uh, yeah. He yeah, was not that advanced. Yeah, he still deposits checks and everything like at the actual bank. I don't know who does that anymore. But um, he always did that. He would go above and beyond. And um, and it's so commendable. And that's the big difference. And so like to go out of your way, to have someone videotape you, videotape the homeless person. Did they sign a waiver? Or like, do they want their face out there like that? Like they're, you know, that's what their life has come to. Like, do you consider those things? It, it, it's a very, very interesting thing. And it's right. interesting to see how many people are like, well, this is so amazing. You're such an incredible person. Like, like, what is that? Right. It, it's, it's, it's very, we're, we're literally like raising a new generation of like narcissists and everyone yeah. is such on a pedestal. Everyone is on such a pedestal of their own. And it's like, like, what is this world we're living it's in? It's hard to find so much, people who like, are just like, uh, you know, the other night I went into a random store, like one of those like small, like quick stops to get like a drink or something. Quickie Mart. And later that night when I was home, I was speaking with, with my wife. I told her like, it was such a breath of fresh air to go in there because the guy behind the ca- the counter was so nice and like enthusiastic and just having a good time. And like, I feel like you don't meet, you don't like bump into like fun, nice people anymore. Everyone just seems like angry or when in I their started, zone or in their when world. I started, when I started the company that I work at now, I'm literally like my first week there, um, one of the managers, he's like, oh, so how are you liking here? I'm like, I'm like, I like it. I was like, but everyone's like really nice. So he's like, <laughs> so Tommy is like, it's like, right. I was like, no, I'm like, it's really weird. I was like, I, I'm not, not used to this. Right. No, like literally I was like, I'm not used to it, especially coming from New York. It's like everyone from all the departments, like we're coming right. over and be like, oh my God. Hey, like blah blah, introduce themselves like if there's anything you need, but not like a fake like oh if there's anything you need, let me know. But like they don't really mean that at all. Like they genuinely do. Everyone from all the different apartments are so friendly and everything. It was just such a weird concept for me because I'm like I'm used to everyone being so on guard and very separated and clicky and like all this stuff. And it's like everyone's just really genuinely nice. And then I remember I would talk to the CEO and he told me he's like his biggest thing is like leave your ego at the door. Like he does not hire douchebags. You could be an amazing developer. Uh, you know, amazing UX designer. If you're an asshole or your ego's too high, we don't want you. And it, and it shows, and and it really makes a big difference in the work culture. And I I love where I work. I love my coworkers, and and I feel like that's a huge part of it. Your environment is everything. So when you, when you have a, a positive environment, it makes a huge difference. And we're really losing so many positive environments in this world. A lot of things are just becoming so negative, especially with the internet, Twitter. All these things, like, it's so negative. It's right, like, so what, negative. What, what you were saying about, like, narcissists, like a generation of narcissists, I feel like because of that, there's no longer a sensitivity towards other people, and that's why Zero. there's so much separation. It's about because me. we have no idea. Right. Me, 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 me. Right, me. we never we never give a chance to think about what other people might be, go, might be go, you know, going through what's going on. But that can be triggering, them. so I can't right. go there because I'm triggered. Right. Like, what is this? Like, like, the, like, we always talk about how important communication is. What you have to communicate, sometimes that's hard. And it might trigger you. I hate right. the freaking word. The word trigger is triggering for me. And it's like, <laughs> you have to have those difficult conversations. You right. like Life, like you have to sometimes go through a hardship to get to the other side. And when you look back, you're like, whoa, like that could have helped you in terms of building your character. Or maybe you would have never got to that next step had not been for that. And 
during it, it must be really hard. But like, it's it, it just, it's really crazy. Everything is just, we're not acknowledging those things. Everything is just like, we're almost being babied it in society where it's like, you can never be, you know, feel bad. You can never talk about things. Oh, don't like, you know, everything is so triggering. But I, it's freaking winter. Winter is triggering for me. Can it be summer? Right. Like, can summer change the season? It's interesting because, you know, person, like for me personally, obviously this is something that's become much more important and much more forefront over the last, let's say like five to 10 years is that at least from a Jewish perspective, um, the existence of God necessitates that he obscures himself and that you don't, because if God obviously revealed himself, he wouldn't have free will. And according to the Rambam, for example, one of the very core beliefs in Judaism is that we have our own free will. And so in order to, for us to have free will, God has to obscure himself in pain and difficulty so that the question of his existence is there for us to then decide on his own. But I think even outside of a religious perspective as well, difficult times uh, breed strength, hopefully. Sometimes not, sometimes they could break you, but I think that it also is in a way part of a larger process, maybe a longer term process of growth. But that's why also it's important to have a strong support system and people around you who are loving and supporting because right. some situations could totally break you or beat you down to the point like where with you, like you just want to give what up. We spoke about when you were coming out. That's right. A there very were points where I was just like, I was ready a, to give up. I was like, right. like it was at that point. And sometimes you really have to get there. And it's like, you know, but that's the thing is that's why I like really mentioned, like I'm so happy, like from our family and all these different support systems I had right. made it so much easier. And I think even in terms of like religion and, you know, my Judaism, like, even though I'm not religious, everyone's very accepting of me, like mom and dad, I went to them for Shabbat lunch last week. Like, it's really nice that I'm able to go for Shabbat lunch, even though I was still in my house um, and had that relationship and we could appreciate with one another. I think that if I had parents like some of my friends who were like super like, oh no, you have to be this, 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 maybe it would have given me more of a resentment towards the religion. I wouldn't have been able to see it for my own and right. understand it for myself, the meaning in it because I would only associate it with that negativity that was being put onto me. So I think that that having a strong support system in every area of your life, you know, when you have a bad day, having that friend or family member to call just to like vent, it's so important because if we just keep to ourselves, we'll lose ourselves. I think that's the most disheartening thing for me is when I see people, not only Jews, but anyone who claims to be acting in the name of God, uh, just lack complete sensitivity and a basic respect for other human beings. And unfortunately you see it every single day from all different types of people. And it's just mind boggling to me because I, it could be because that's how we grew up or because this, you know, was ingrained into us from a younger age and other, obviously other people, hopefully they'll learn from experience and growing up. But the other day, I feel like we just, there's just a basic respect you have for people. And if someone looks different, acts different, believes in different things, it was, I feel like we, we, we were never raised where we, you know, where we would just push those people away or, or talk badly about them. But the amount yeah. of, of verbal, of verbal vitriol from so many, from, from people towards others of differing beliefs, um, or ethnicities or races or, or, or gender ideologies or gender identities. It's, it's very scary. Um, yeah. it's very scary. And I, and I really hope that, um, now with a lot more, uh, awareness being brought to some of these issues and people becoming aware more of just how much some people are going through, they'll start to like, like what you were, like what, what you went through is much, people are much more, uh, still not as much as they need to be, but people are much more aware now of people go- going through what you were going through. 
um, than obviously at the time, um, which is a start, but obviously, you know, there's still a, a real lack of sensitivity um, and that needs to change. Right. It's like, that's how I used to always like, you know, I remember I would hear people and they'd be like, well, why do you need to have a gay parade? Like we don't have a shrimp parade and all this stuff. Well, it's not just about us dancing with glitter and listening to Britney and Madonna. I mean, that's part of it, <laughs> but it's for fighting those rights. It's for like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it kind of thing. Cause it is the case. That's why when people are always like, well, what do you have to shove in our faces? Not shoving your faces. It, like straight people making out and having sex while it was shoved in my face my entire life every day. So like, and then you have one gay couple on TV and they're like, oh, they're everywhere. They're taking over. Oh. Like really? Right. It, I hear it's what like, you're it's, it's, it's a very weird world we're living in. Everyone's just so con- self-consuming. Right. We have to start to open up lines of communication. I mean, personally, it's I don't this- think anyone's relationships should be t- touted, uh, you know, gay, straight or otherwise. I don't, I don't, I don't know why there's so much of that in general in, in TV. Yeah. And it was like you were saying as kids growing up, a lot of this stuff was sh- a lot of the stuff that we shouldn't have been watching which is easily accessible and in kid shows. Yeah. Um, totally. Beyond beyond whatever other people think the issues are, there's a, there's a much deeper issue there, I think. But that's just in a more general sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But hopefully, I think we definitely, people are becoming more sensitive, more aware. I think people are doing a lot more self-work because over the last few years and so hopefully a lot more self-introspection, being locked in, being in, in quarantine, not being out as much, having to sort of be with yourself and your own thoughts. I think it's helped people grow and hopefully within the next few years and moving forward, we'll see, we'll see that more and we'll see more of that sensitivity, hopefully not as much pushing other people away, uh, except for those who want to kill us in Israel, got to push them away. Um, hopefully things will, uh, will look on the up and up. Amen. Oh, Rabbi Kiva. Amen. Yeah. I think we're going to, I think we're going to call it there for today. Yeah. Episode seven. And, um, hopefully we'll be back on time again next week. As usual, if there's any topics or anything you want us to talk about or anything or any questions you have, or if you're still wondering why I talked about George Santos instead of DeSantis, let us know. And if or there's something we'll you like we'll, we'll, we can just put like a canceled uh, sticker, like across the <gasps> can top. Can we do canceled know? merch? If we ever do merch, buy my merch. Uh, I'll just do a hashtag canceled bitch. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah, totally want okay, that. Okay, we'll catch everyone next week. Hope yeah, you enjoyed. Have a good one. Tuning in. Bye.